Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in EdTech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. In this episode, we explore some solutions to three of the most imposing situations facing districts in 2022. Cybersecurity, the concepts of SEL, otherwise known as social-emotional learning, and how to manage all that federal money, especially when it comes to supporting personnel. First, we go over an essay written by Josh Horowitz, CEO of Enzoic. It's called Three Critical Elements of a K-12 Cybersecurity Strategy. And you'll find it close to the top of the eSchool News newsfeed. Josh does not beat around the bush on what the biggest cyber threats are, in his opinion. A couple may be surprising for you, however. Element number one, increasingly sophisticated phishing campaigns. Phishing has been a perennial security concern for the K-12 sector, but it's become more pressing in recent years. He writes, with a plethora of free email services such as Gmail, Yahoo, and iCloud, and access to personal information from social media and other online platforms, it's incredibly easy for hackers to create fake accounts impersonating school personnel. These can then be used to target other district employees, students and families, or external companies with whom the school frequently works. While these are all bad scenarios, they can be generally addressed through education, and if they do occur, handled internally without requiring public disclosure. Element number two, new vulnerabilities introduced by third parties. As schools grow increasingly digital, they are interacting with a wider array of external partners, suppliers, and software providers. This in turn opens them up to new threats as bad actors target these companies with the ultimate goal of breaching a school or district system. Schools should ensure that they have an updated list of approved apps and software and allow only those apps to connect to user accounts in order to get ahead of these threats. Element number three, the human element. Another prime security challenge is the threats unintentionally introduced by students, staff, vendors, and partners. For example, it's a relatively common practice for people to employ the same password from across multiple online accounts. If just one of these accounts was breached in a prior attack, there's a good chance the associated password is known to hackers. Josh goes into a deep dive on ways that districts can defend themselves. I was a bit surprised about the third parties being such a threat, as I'm always kind of looking out for the Russians. But you can see that most of these threats come from within, and the answer really is to, to make sure that everyone, every user is aware of these sort of tactics going on and just keep an eye out for them. Next, Kitty Barr, she's the Director of Education and Innovation at Wayfinder. She pens an essay called Three Ways SEL Helps Students Build Life Readiness, which is also posted up on the eSchool News homepage this week. Another great article that gets straight to the point. She writes, number one, create mutual respect and trust. When students don't feel safe, it's harder for them to learn. Building a foundation of security and belonging is key to helping students and teachers feel safe to fail and try again. Number two, include students in decision-making. Interruptions to school necessitated by the COVID-19 pandemic have made it exponentially harder for young people to find meaning in school. What better way to help students reconnect than inviting them to make an actual impact on campus? If we think of school as a microcosm of the world, then we can see genuine opportunities for students to collaborate on school-wide issues as practice for their life 
after graduation. Another element, commit to learning together. Years of research tell us that project-based learning, PBL, is better than traditional banking models of instruction at helping students think critically and strengthen the skills used in professional settings today. It helps students find meaning in their studies, provides opportunities to practice self-assessment and self-management, and connects classroom learning to the real world. She goes on later to conclude, ultimately, our goal is for students to develop the content knowledge, self-awareness, and interpersonal skills to support their future success. A supportive atmosphere lays the foundation for students to engage in meaningful collaboration and leadership and support students to become the graduates that are well-prepared to face life's challenges that we know they can be. These concepts are ones that I think have always been in place, but you know, since the, the pandemic and what Katie's writing about here, it's really made them front and center that there's no way that any student is going to be able to learn and improve unless the social emotional aspects, whether they feel safe in a classroom, whether they feel confident in their teachers and the work that they're receiving is going to be important to them. And finally, I was able to have another conversation with the trio of experts about what is undoubtedly the hottest topic this year so far, what districts can and can't do with the windfall of federal funding. In this excerpt, find it under the webinar tab with the title, Using Federal Grants to Hire Personnel, Advice for K-12 Districts, Janet Haygood, Director of Federal Programs for the Jefferson County School System in Alabama, explains how automation has kept the district on top of tracking federal funding and prevents the dreaded fiscal cliff. Have a listen. Janet, you mentioned this too. It's like, it's important for you to do it in terms of being monitored. It's also good for your, the district itself when it comes to when these things go. Janet, can you talk a little bit about that and then the budget that, that you do? I mean, how much due diligence are you doing in order to satisfy the regulators versus satisfy ultimately that school board when you're looking for additional personnel? Well, of course, with anything, and especially with money of this size, we talked with a lot of our stakeholders before we made any decision in writing the plan. But to administrations, definitely complicates it, as Keisha said, because basically the first couple of pots came from the Trump and then the last from from the Biden administration. Now, for our timekeeping, for our monitoring purposes and paperwork, we're, we're handling it much the same. But because of this money, it has caused us to look internally and make sure that we have the proper internal controls and the proper practices in place not to get surprised by something, uh, because this is the type of money you will be surprised by. As Keisha said, we're used to titles one, two, three, four, IDEA. We know what's coming down the pipe, but here we did not know. So we had to sit down with our human resources department, with our payroll department. If ever there was a time to break down silos within a school system, it is now. It is now. We should be doing it already, but now you you have to. And for us, it has been wonderful in the fact that our board has been so supportive in all of these initiatives. 
and our superintendent has been very supportive through it. And so we sit down and, and we talk with HR and we think about, okay, when we hire this person, let's code them a certain way so we know this was with stimulus money because of that sustainability piece. Of course, for us, we looked to different things for sustainability. Number one, by hiring these um, coaches to come out to really combat the learning loss. If that funding went away, and if our system's local budget couldn't pick it up, as Keisha was mentioning, what are we going to do with that unit? Well, through attrition and turnover rate in our system, we felt like we have a plan to continue on and that no one will ever lose their job through here, which was the beauty of how we went about this. We were very cautious as to not hire too many so that you did have that funding cliff. We did not want that to happen because that did happen back in about 2009 with some of the ARA funds. Um, uh, so many systems got in uh, a funding cliff situation there. But with the sustainability, we just, we had to look to every individual uh, position and we were like, can this be sustained locally when everything is said and done? We think we have a pretty good plan and every, with every position we've hired that we will be able to sustain that. But I have to go back and say this again, having an internal control to look at your individual teachers or coaches or school improvement specialists, you need to know, is that person doing what they have been hired to do? And that goes into something the federal government refers to as time and effort. And that's why um, our department sat down with payroll, our payroll department, and we worked so closely to come up with ways that we can use an electronic time system that's already in place, that's nothing new for anyone to do, but we were able to use this product that we're already paying for and add uh, verbiage into that program to cover all of the federal requirements for time and effort to prove that people are doing the job that they are hired to do. And not only is that teacher or coach approving that, then their supervisors approving it as well. And then it comes to us, we're able to file that so that when the monitors and auditors come out, we have a paper trail, well, paper trail, electronic paper trail. And, um, and we have all of that in place and we can prove everything. In fact, our system was one of the first in Alabama to start this. And we've actually shared what we've been doing with a couple of other systems. And it seems to be working really well. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool News is always free and always helping innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.